Hello, and welcome back to this week's episode of Lit AF with me, your host, Sarah Cohan. As always, I am so excited to be back here with you this week to keep the conversations going on personal growth, spiritual growth, confidence, mindset, all that good stuff. And today's episode is very special because it is a solo episode, which I do monthly. And this is me telling my story about healing the sacral wound. And as with all healing, it is a spiral, it is a staircase, it is an upward spiraling staircase to put both metaphors together, never ending, continual, it's a lifetime, it does not end. So I'm going to share where I'm at currently, which is an ongoing story. It is a comma, not a period. It is a marathon, definitely not a sprint. (laughs) I'm not a sprinter. (laughs) It is just a winding path instead of a destination. It is a road trip. There we go. That's what it is. It is a road trip with like frustrations and tears and like fights along the way and then like beautiful, epic vistas and amazing memories that I get to keep forever. Okay. That was cheesy, but I liked it. So that is what I'm talking about today, healing the sacral wound. And it's juicy. So stick around. And of course, before this week's episode, I do my check-in. I always do my check-in every single week with all of you. And this week, I am excited to talk about my solo staycation. It just feels so special. I'm in it right now. I am house-sitting in Monterey, and I'm doing it by myself. I brought my dog, Frida, which is so wonderful, so I get to have her fun energy and reasons to get out of the house. Otherwise, my Taurus ass would just like stay here and just let the cave close in. (laughs) But no, getting outside, going to the beach, going on long walks, fun side note, just like the beauty and epicness of nature. There is a washed up whale on the beach where I was walking yesterday. And it just like reminded me of how, oh my God, it's just the cosmic joke of life of like, we're all going to (laughs) die. Sorry. That was really, I'm so sorry if that is like a really intense fear for you right now. I'm sorry. I said it. I know it's a big one. It is huge, but we are we're all gonna die. And as I was walking on the beach, I like saw this rock and it was like kind of glowing, like this beautiful, really beautiful orange. And I was like, wow, that rock looks like just like it's glowing. Like I was drawn to it. And as soon as I got to it, I realized like it had these like really beautiful symmetric grooves like down the whole rock. And I was like, that's not a rock that's a whale. (laughs) This is like a gorgeous, beautiful sea creature that is decaying. It was just this like, wow, there's a whole other world. Like we humans, we think we're so cool, like so fucking cool. Up top, just like making skyscrapers and doing human shit. But there's like a whole world over there in that ocean, like a whole world. And we don't even see it, which is so crazy. But this whale was like, yeah, there is a whole world. And before you like get all guilt and shamey about global warming and like all of that stuff and how we as humans are so destructive, I also just want to point out that nature is so destructive, like so destructive. I don't know why this whale died. We can 
guilt and shame ourselves if we want to. But we don't know that for truth, right? All we do know is that this whale died. And it was decaying on this shore. And these seagulls were like poking at it. And my dog, ugh, she just wanted to like rub her whole face in it. And I was just so enamored by the beauty and like epicness and rawness of this moment that I like couldn't catch her before she really got her face in there. And this whale, like it had a stench about it. Like it had only lived underwater in salt water for however long. I mean, it was a really big whale. So I've probably lived a very long life. And the humor in this moment was just uncanny. It was like, here is this moment of like truth of nature and rawness and little Frida just like getting in there and and stinking it up. So she got a um, – well, first I had to take a trip to the pet store to get some shampoo. Wasn't planning on giving her a bath on my staycation. And she still smells just for the record. <laughs> but yeah, it, it was this like epic, poignant moment of nature. And this happened on my solo staycation where I woke up this morning on my time and meditated and chose the meditation that I wanted to do. I made breakfast and then I made a list of things that I wanted to do. And it just feels so yummy. So yummy. I've got so many like books, workshops, think podcasts I want to listen to, activities that I want to do, friends I want to see. And I'm really looking forward to like blowing it all off. <laughs> okay, not all of it, but like really looking forward to saying yes to the things that really, really resonate with me and then letting the rest go and not guilt and shaming myself about getting to all of it because there's no way I'm going to get to all of it. Also, there's like a hot tub here. So like mm-hmm, two soaks a day. Just just say it. I am I'm in a happy place. So if you haven't done a solo vacation and it doesn't have to be this like epic getaway at a resort that's Instagrammable. It can be a camping trip or a weekend at your family's place while they're out of town. I think that being alone and having just like the moments, oh my God, I got into bed last night and there was a spider in my bed. And I was like, okay, Sarah, you got to put your big girl pants on and you're going to have to get this spider out of the room. And I was like, well, I can kill it. And I was like, nope, that just goes against all of my values. We are going to put your brain on, put your warrior on, and we're going to get this crazy looking spider out of the bedroom. And so I did. And it was like, I would not have had that experience if I was here with someone else because I would have made it a them problem to handle (laughs) because that's just who I am. So anyway, putting my big girl pants on, doing some inner um, child work, doing some inner parenting work, obviously, having a blast while I'm doing it and really remembering how crazy nature is and we're a part of it. So I'm sorry, guys. We're all going to die. I'm so sorry. Oh, I said it again. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I know. It's a lot. It's a lot, but that's okay. We're all working on it. For announcements, I want to remind all of you that I've got an amazing meditation up on my website. It is free to download and it is the Keep Calm and Carry On Meditation. This meditation is amazing. I do it nightly. I do it to feel feelings in my body. If you are like ignoring feelings or like can't figure out what feeling you are feeling, or maybe if you're just like, I don't know, like I'm just looking for some self-exploration right now, like... 
love to see what's going on inside of my body. This meditation is for you. It is 10 minutes. It's less than 10 minutes. I think it's like eight and a half minutes. So you can do it a little quickie. I do it every night before bed just to process, process, process. I'm a projector. I've heard this is very common for projectors. If you're a generator, if you're an MG, this might be a morning thing to do along with maybe your morning pages or something like that. I am not a morning person. I am a nocturnal person. So do what works for you. Maybe it's a walking meditation. Maybe you're incorporating a journal practice with it. Whatever it is, make it your own. But it's just a really lovely deep dive into an emotion inside of your body. And this practice helped me so much on my journey to gaining confidence, to creating trust with myself, which has led to just me growing my business and making like really big career changes and just sticking with it, which is so crazy because the more like relation, the bigger relationship you have with yourself, the better you're going to show up in the world and just the more that you can do and shine and, and share your gifts with the world. So download the meditation. You can get it at sarahcohan.com forward slash free tools. Tools is plural. You can spell my name S-A-R-A-H-C-O-H-A-N.com forward slash free tools. And I'm going to have some really exciting announcements coming up at the end of July. I've got some workshops coming up. I'm going to have some new offerings for one-on-one coaching. Get ready because in August, Magnetic AF, which is my women's circle, will be opening up again and you don't want to miss it. We have some amazing workshop hosts. We've got just a stellar lineup for the weekly meetings. So many tools, so many resources in there for you on your own personal spiritual path. So if you're interested in joining that, get on my mailing list and you can do that at, by visiting xo.sarahcohan.com. That's xo.sarahcohan.com, S-A-R-A-H-C-O-H-A-N.com. So fun. Can't wait to see you guys there. All right. So without further ado... Let's get into this week's episode. I am honored to share with you my sacral healing wound journey. This feels really, really timely. Right now, we are at the tail end of cancer season. Cancer lives in the womb and the breast. It is the divine mother. It is mama nature. It is our inner mother. It is the <laughs> the empress card. It is, it is the mother wound. It really, truly is our inner mother and just accepting like all of the love and juiciness that flows from that. So that's the timing of this. And I also just want to say that I'm surrounded by people right now and blown away by how many people, how many women in particular are healing the sacral wound. I think if I may just just have a theory, I've always got theories, always got theories and always willing to share them. With the election in 2016, we saw the Me Too movement. We saw the Women's March backlash. We started seeing so much of cancel culture. And for me, I'll just say it was so healing. It was, oh my God, you see me. You feel this way. I hear your story. I see you. I see you. I'm not alone. 
I have other people with me that I see you. Like I see you. I hear your pain and I support you and there's nothing wrong with you. That's really what I think the whole Me Too culture movement was. There is nothing wrong with you and that this has happened. Like this happened to you and you did not – You did not cause it, no matter what the fuck you were wearing, no matter what you were doing, no matter what job you were trying to keep, no matter what career like trajectory that you wanted promotion, like you didn't ask for it, you didn't want it, like it is not your fault. But with cancel culture, that truly is just a dead end conversation. That is a one way stop. That is the end of a cul de sac. That doesn't allow you to U-turn. Like it, it's not the flow. Like it is not a river flowing, continuing to flow. It's a block, and it truly is the first step. I think to healing. Like it was such a necessary and very important step for women to start to heal the sacral chakra. And I'm in no way saying that it was wrong or bad. It had to happen. I'm so grateful for it. And now I think that as we're evolving from that moment of 2016, like I can, I was at that march in Oakland. Like I still can see the images on TV of just thousands of women marching in those dumbass pink hats that were so fucking awesome. <laughs> now the next step is to heal internally. Like we, now we have to look inward. We've been like, okay, you caused this, you need to change. Great. Oh, but wait, I still feel shitty inside. Oh, wait, that trauma made a deep indent on my subconscious and I need to fix it. So one of my teachers, Thais Gibson of the Personal Development School, has a great quote. We did not cause our trauma, but we are responsible for healing it. And I take that quote so, so strongly. Like we are absolutely responsible for healing our trauma. Because if we don't, then we are subconsciously reenacting, repeating, projecting that trauma back out into the world. So healing the sacral wound is really healing the deep sexual trauma that women have experienced in their lives. And I don't care who you are, you have likely experienced some of this trauma because sex is weird and hard and sex education, particularly in the United States, is um, <laughs> a little bit lacking, to put it lightly. Just for an example, I'll use me, which is always my favorite example. The sex talk that I had with my parents, who were really young, but I like to say are very progressive, the sex talk that we had, they gave us the analogy that boys just want to have sex with with women, girls, whatever, and you don't want to give your ravioli away for free. Like there is an analogy in there that vaginas are raviolis. Yeah, it's been tough to eat raviolis ever since. I'll just be real with you. <laughs> but the fact that there was no conversation about pleasure, there was no conversation about consent. I mean, I think it wrapped up in the like, don't give away your raviolis for free was consent, but like not necessarily from both sides and like not necessarily direct, <laughs> which consent should always be direct, right? So that was 
how I learned about sex as a very young girl. I think that that type of conversation was very much echoed in sex, my sex education classes. So we've got some work to do. <laughs> and no matter like what your sexual trauma is, it could be huge. So trigger warning, if this is too much, please pause this episode, come back to it when you're ready. I do not want to put you in a place where you are trying to heal a wound that is not ready to be healed. That must you must honor your own healing journey first. Please do not even shame yourself one bit for pushing pause. This episode is available to you if and ever you're ready for it. But I am going to be talking about some triggering things sexually. So trigger warning, that is going to happen. So we've all got it. We've all got it. And it could just be from watching movies. It could be in your first sexual experience. It could be in your last sexual experience. It could be uh, some ancestral wounds that maybe you're still clearing. There's all different types. And I'm just going to tell you about different ways that I started to heal my sacral wound. And then I'm going to talk about why <laughs> and what has changed since because it's it's pretty huge. It's pretty huge. I'm really excited about it. And while I'm talking today, I just want to start off by saying it's all this is all really fresh for me. This has been this year's work. And the comedian Carol Burnett has an amazing quote that reads Write from your scars, not your open wounds. And I did a little research to find it was really her. And to be quite honest, a lot of people have said this, including Glennon Doyle. So obviously a great quote. Hard to nail down the original author. And I think this really, really summarizes the rules of vulnerability because I'm a pretty vulnerable person. I participate in like weekly community calls, sharing my feelings at all times. I share with you listeners everything, everything. But for this week's episode, I'm going to hold back a little bit because I am practicing vulnerability and like honoring my own boundaries because I don't want a vulnerability hangover when this episode airs. So some of the things I'm just going to kind of gloss over. <laughs> Normally I would go into bigger detail on those, but I'm just not ready for that quite yet. I will be soon. I'm probably in a year or two, but just right now that's where I'm at. So I just want to start with that disclaimer. Okay. So in February, after my miscarriage, I I feel like my pregnancy kind of stirred up just a lot of emotion all up in my womb space, which is literally where the sacral chakra is. And it was rough. And so I decided that like this deep like secret and shame that I've been carrying my whole life, it's been running in the back of my mind. I decided that it was time to actually face it, turn around and face it. And I made big moves. So went started seeing an EMDR therapist. I also started to talk about this openly with my friends. And so the trauma involved two things. One, a very deep memory from childhood. I mean, like one of the earliest where I was shamed for a sexual activity. And this has just stuck with me my whole life. It's deep in there. And 
It would just like pop out at any moment. And then the other thing was my sexuality. So if you have like the tiniest little bit of knowledge about sex, sexual theory, you know that it's been proven time and time and time and time again that in sexual studies that women are attracted to both men and women equally. And even in one study, <laughs> this is all cited from the um, Explained uh, show, even one study, like women were also sexually attracted to monkeys at the same exact level as men and women. Men had a different range. They're not as attracted to like men as women. Some of them are more than others, obviously. But like women, there's just like there's a wide spectrum. And I, my whole life has been attracted to men and women, but because of this early sexual experience, I was just so afraid of that truth, like so afraid of that truth because it was just this little thing in my little subconscious that was like, shame, 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 shame. So, I mean, I think I became aware of this as like, like in earnest, <laughs> this is so cliche, but like... Five years at four years ago, when my first time at Burning Man, <laughs> I realized that I was really attracted to women. And ever since then, even just walking down the street, I would be like, oh my gosh, I'm really attracted to that woman. And I would like have a full on freak out in my body. I'm like, oh my God, what does this mean about me? You know, what does this mean about my marriage or my partnership? What does this mean about my place in the world? Just so many things. And yeah, I guess this episode is kind of me like coming out as queer for sure. But more important <laughs> is that I was not allowing myself to just be with the uncomfortableness of like having a very wide sexual range, sexual spectrum. I know. It's just I, I expect more from me, but now's my time. Now is my time. So working with my therapist, doing EMDR, we like got to the core memory. We did all this like fantastic work. She's amazing. And we started like getting into my subconscious. And um, my friend calls uh, EMDR just like a power wash for your subconscious. I love that so much because you get to just go in there and as your adult self be like, oh my God, like I love you and you're okay. And you did nothing wrong. You did nothing wrong. So highly, highly, highly recommend working with an EMDR specialist specifically for this work. And I know that that is not available to everyone. So another thing I did was I made a promise to myself to talk about this as much as possible. So I actually brought it to my weekly community calls with a group like Magnetic AF. And I just started to talk to people about it. So I started talking about the trauma experience. I started talking about my sexual orientation. And I was just amazed by how held I was by other people. You know, I've heard this before so many times that shame likes to be alone. Shame puts you in a closet by yourself. Shame doesn't want you to talk to anyone else about what is going on or share anything that's going on. Another uh, teacher that I have is Lindsay Mack, Tearing for the Wild Soul. And something she said that's really, really, really stuck with me is that our subconscious acts like a predator. Our subconscious wants us to stay alone, in the dark, in the shadows, in quiet. Like it is a predator. And it wants you share 
your story with others. You let it out of the dark. It's power like loses its grip on you. And you realize that other people are going through the same shit or have gone through the same shit or don't give a shit about your shit. Like no one cares, first of all. Literally no one cares. They're just caring about themselves. And you're not alone in this at all. This idea of being separate is just such a lie. And our subconscious really does want us to be separate and alone. But in any case, going back to my EMDR therapy experience, the funniest thing when we were like getting to the core memory, like we were kind of wrapping up the session, my therapist asked me to release, like release the hold this trauma has on me. Like it was the ultimate release. And, you know, I'm like crying and doing the like hand tapping and I'm just like, I'm not ready. Like who am I if I put this down? Like I have so much identity wrapped up into this. And she was so sweet. She's like, this is so common. This is so common. A lot of people deal with this at this stage. And so I just ask you again to ask the trauma directly to release you. And I did. And then I was a zombie for two days. I was a legit walking zombie. I was so exhausted. I had like that healing session was like the healing session of a century. Like it was, wow, it was incredible, incredible. After that session, I was able to start exploring sexually with myself. I like just started to be way freer about it, way less shamey and guilty about it. And through being able to explore with like myself, then I was able to start expressing my needs in the bedroom with my husband. So it was this really cool, like I can take care of myself and now I can literally be interdependent. Like I have the ability to bring someone in and share this with so cool. It's like so cool. And then this, the sacral chakra, not only is like, you know, wrapped up in pregnancy and all that, but it is directly connected to creativity. This is like Shakti energy. This is like so much of where my own creativity stems from. And so I'm going to give you an example. As a child, you know, just dealing, I think, with this core memory, this really triggering memory, but then also just dealing with just a lot of trauma and abuse in in the everyday with my family, I picked up ballet. And ballet really became my thing, like my absolute thing. And I absolutely love that that's what I chose. And it makes sense to me that I chose it because it's moving my body. It's moving energy within my body. I'm clairsentient. And so the fact that I was like moving and feeling and like channeling um, different emotions, especially while I was dancing, really just fits like who I am. So as a child, I am so grateful that these experiences happened to me, the trauma, the abuse, because it pushed me to get so deep into ballet. I mean, I was there like three or four times a week, every weekend, like hardcore. And then when I wasn't at 
my ballet class with my ballet teacher. I was hanging out with my ballet friends, doing ballet with them like in their houses or at my house. So I am so grateful because ballet not only taught me to be creative, but it taught me so many lessons about integrity, training, performance, confidence, emoting. One of the things that my old coworker said about me when I left my last job was that I am a fun person and I bring fun to everything I do, but I bring it with precision. And when they said that, I just saw my ballet teacher being like, first position, stand up straight, chest in. Like I saw her like tucking my tailbone. I I mean, the precision that I've learned and I'm kind of unlearning as well from ballet is such an important part of who I am today. All of this training that I had has led to this podcast. It has made it possible for me to share these vulnerable conversations on healing and making it fun and precise, right? Like I got to make this precise. I got to bring it to you weekly. It's got to sound good. The audio has got to be good. So I am so grateful that it happened and those experiences happened. I know it's bizarre to say it was tough. I am not responsible for the trauma, but I am damn sure responsible for my healing of it. So that is why we heal the sacral wound. Pleasure is your right. Pleasure is our divine right as humans. Some people use pleasure to connect with the divine. I love that. I'm not there yet. Maybe I will be in a year from now. Maybe I'll be talking about masturbation as a form of prayer. I don't know, but it is absolutely our right. And I think that accepting your sexuality and realizing that the partner that you're with right now does not define your sexuality. The partner that you are sexually attracted to does not define who or what type of person you want to be in a relationship with. All of these things can be healed with your sacral healing. And then on top of that, on top of that, there's so many different rituals that you can do to have the Divine Mother help you clear, clear the trauma, clear the stories, clear these wounds, right? So these are all recommended to me by Jess Briggs. So thank you, Jess Briggs. You're coming up in a lot of episodes recently. You're amazing. But a few exercises she recommended. The first one was for me to put some lavender in the ocean and just release the story of this sexual trauma. And (laughs) I did it on a day that I was particularly triggered. I was feeling really, really stuck, really bottled up. And what I did was I curated a playlist that really brought out the different emotions that I was feeling. I danced each song to the emotion that I was feeling like so intensely, so intensely, like, you know, panting from because I'm out of breath because I'm dancing so intensely, sweating profusely. My dog Frida is like staring at me, does not understand what is going on. I'm sure my neighbor is like, I don't know like what's going on up there. It sounds crazy. And then furiously got into my car, grabbed my bag of lavender, drove to the ocean almost in tears because I was just like feeling all of this movement going through my body. Get in the ocean. It is sun set. It is like this epic, gorgeous, you know, one of those sunset with like just a thousand different shades of orange. And I'm the only one in the water. Everyone else is like in their cars because it's so cold. The wind is just like rushing. 
And I put both fists into the lavender and I just say, I release this trauma. I release this trauma. And it felt so cleansing. I mean, I left my apartment a fucking mad woman. I came home a totally different person, (laughs) but just so calm, so calm. And then the second, which I haven't done yet, but I just love this exercise, is taking a bath with rose petals and lavender to release the trauma of objectification. And I did this mentally in the hot tub this morning that I'm getting to use. And I just thought to myself, wow, we objectify flowers all the time. I don't even know if I haven't ever objectified a flower. <laughs> like I'm always, always valuing it for its beauty. I'm always putting expectations on it to like be beautiful. I mean, yeah, I do take flower essences. Like that is definitely a different way to use the the wisdom and power of a flower. But flowers are objectified. And that doesn't change them. That doesn't like make them, I'm guessing, feel bad about themselves. The fact that I'm objectifying it doesn't change its identity at all, at all. And that really struck me. I was like, holy shit, I've been objectified my whole life. Like my body, I have these huge breasts. I've never known what to do with them, and especially in ballet. I was like, you just need to be a pencil stick. And I'm like, well, great. I got hips and boobs. What are you going to do? So you can objectify me. I would prefer if you didn't, but it has nothing to do. Your opinion of me has nothing to do with who I am. It has nothing to do with how I identify or what my worth is, what I think my true worth is or value is. That to me was just like mind-blowing. Like, damn, dude, these flowers are just living their lives, serving us. Well, not always serving us, but like being there for us, right? And they're chill about it. And we, on the other hand, whenever I'm objectified, I like get all up in my arms and I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like, why are you doing that? And it's like, you know what? I can just release it. It has nothing to do with me. That's your story. That is your interpretation of beauty. That is our, your expectations. And when I'm wearing a ridiculously revealing outfit and you decide to sexualize it, that's you. That is your thing. That is not mine. I can be whoever I want to be. That's so cool. It's so cool. And the third thing that Jess Briggs recommended to me was an amazing tincture. So this is from Rainforest Remedies, and the tincture is called the Female Tonic. And I ended up doing two rounds of this tonic. I loved it. It really, really got things moving in my womb space, down on the sacral chakra, and a lot of things just came up at kind of like light speed. So going to do a little disclaimer on this one. It's like if you are ready to hit a thousand times go, like if you're ready to go warp speed on your sacral chakra healing, 
sacral wound healing, go for it. I recommend getting a couple rounds of it. A lot of just like interesting sexual experience memories would come up while I was taking it. I'd be like, oh my gosh, like I can look at it in a new way now. Things that I was like tackling, I had all these like tools to process as opposed to, you know, when they were happening when I was like a late teenager or my 20s. Definitely didn't have these tools. So it was cool to reparent my inner child. Go, it was technically not a child because it's an adult, but like reparenting my inner adult child <laughs> with these new tools and then also bringing it to my therapist at the same time. Highly recommend pairing this with a therapist. Just just saying. So that is my disclaimer. If you are looking to take your healing like a little, little slower, maybe hold off on the female tonic from Rainforest Remedies because it is powerful. Uh, okay. So this is my sacral healing story. It's ongoing, like I said, that on that beautiful spiral staircase of life. And I just want to add an inclusivity statement that is we all have sacral wounds, whether you're female identifying, male identifying, non-binary identifying, you still have a sacral chakra. And sexual trauma, sexual pain is not limited to the female experience. I just want to honor that and say that we've all got some work to do there. And I'm obviously speaking from my personal experience as a female identifying person. And I want to hear I want to hear about yours. Like what are you what are the tools that you've used? What have you gone through? What have you accepted about yourself? So, I hope you found this helpful. I hope that you are healing your sacral wound, whatever it may be. Or maybe you put this episode off for a long time and you're ready now, which in which case I'm I'm bowing to you, my sacral chakra high fives you from afar because you guys, it is just, it feels so good. It feels so good to walk down a street without feeling shame. It feels so good to not be shame, to just not, to have shame check out of the bedroom. Like it feels so amazing. So I want to hear from you about yours. I'm very excited about this. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed. That's it for today's show. Thank you so, so, so much for listening. I really hope you enjoyed. If you have a moment and you're in the Apple Podcast app, please rate and review the show. I could really use all the ratings I can get. And share this episode with a friend that may benefit from it. You never know. And of course, hit subscribe to keep up with new weekly episodes. Until next week, visit sarahcohan.com, that's S-A-R-A-H-C-O-H-A-N.com to find other podcast episodes. And you can find Lit AF on Instagram at It's Me, Sarah Cohan, and you can also find me on Clubhouse. Thank you again for listening. Please stay lit, Lit AF, and I hope to see you back here next week.